In the previous installment, Jimmy Dean Keene and Caroline Hebert Guidry were practicing calisthenics, stretching exercises together. Jimmy had joked that he was her personal trainer now, and in this one, they're at it again. They're sock-footed in the great room of Jimmy's house. Caroline has one of her feet against the wall. She's trying to slide the foot as far up the wall as possible, lean into it. Jimmy's bracing his hands against her shoulders. She's pushing back against them. She's not terribly inflexible, but her foot has not slid that far up the wall. You know, this is another reason why I don't know why people think I'm a stripper, because... <laughs> you know, they can do stuff like this quite a lot easier. <laughs> I don't even think I could get through an interview. <laughs> a short while later, Jimmy has gone into the other room, fetched a chair, brought it back in, put it down, sat on it, looked up at her expectantly, and patted his hands on the tops of his thighs. She looks at him very skeptically, confused, kind of amused at the same time, and as he's looking at her face, he thinks he knows her well enough to deduce the joke she's about to crack before she even does, and he wasn't that far off, because eventually she says, Do you, you wanna... You want a lap dance or something? Because we've been over this. <laughs> he has to stop himself because his mind thinks, I would love one. If you're offering, you wouldn't even need to audition. But instead he says, No, I got an idea. How about you put your feet here? He points to his legs. I'll hold on to you and we'll balance like that, like circus performers. Caroline thinks about this for a minute, picturing it. All right. She approaches a little hesitantly, puts a foot out. Yeah, that's it. Jimmy holds his hands out for hers. She grabs onto his hands. Climb right up. That's it. Caroline tries to hop up there. She's not at all confident. Oh, shit. No, you're good, you're good, I got you. Without thinking, he adjusts his grip onto her, gets a stronger hold on her forearms. She's standing on his legs while he's sitting in the chair. She's kind of crouched up there, trembling a bit. He's holding steady, but she is not certain about this at all. Oh, I don't know if I can hold this for a whole ten. No, you're fine. I've been counting in my head. You're already at eight. Nine. Ten. That's it. All right. She relaxes, steps back off his leg with her left foot first, gets it back on the floor, puts herself immediately at ease. 
He's still gently but firmly holding onto her arms. It's all right. I wouldn't let you fall. <laughs> I know. She smiles at him. He can tell that she's genuine. That one was a balance exercise, but it's also a trust-building one. And it occurs to him that all of them have kind of been that. That wasn't bad at all for the first try. We can always work on it some more. They wrap up their physical exercises, pack and smoke a bong. And then shortly after that, they're out on the front porch smoking cigarettes. Jimmy looks over at Caroline and notices that his hands, his fingers, had left little bruises on her arms. They're faint, but he can see exactly where his thumb had been and the tips of several other fingers. She sees him looking with concern, glances down, but she doesn't seem perturbed or ruffled or upset in the least. Are you okay? Oh, this? Yeah, I'm fine. Does it hurt? No. It's just some marks. Looks a lot worse than it is. It'll go away. Uh, if you say so. It ain't gonna be forever, I promise. I get little marks like this just from bumping into stuff. Sometimes I trip over my own feet, knock into a corner of the table or something, and then I got a mark on myself like I've been in a fight. Other times I don't even know what happened, but I look like I've been on maneuvers. And I wasn't. She thinks about it for a minute, takes a drag off her cigarette, you know, maybe that's why people over-involve strangers think I'm hooking or getting up to weird sex, because I got all these marks on myself, but it is hardly that, I promise. <sighs> Not even a little bit that exciting, and another person don't even need to be involved. Jimmy has a mental image of his hands holding onto her arms his fingertips against her skin. The feeling he gets from it is mildly erotic and mildly concerning, anxiety-inducing at the same time. As long as you're not hurt. No, it's okay, don't worry about it. She looks at him reassuringly. He cracks a smile. He hasn't even lit his own cigarette yet. He's just sitting there with it between his fingers. You need more iron in your diet or something? <laughs> There's not even a medical reason for it. It just... She shrugs. Whenever I go to the doctor, all the tests come back normal and all that, so... <sighs> so our old friend is what it is. <sighs> okay, all right. I'm not going to argue with you and the doctor's... I guess everybody's different. Yep, yeah, sure is. 
Size. They're sitting near one another, close enough that she bumps his knee with her knee. It don't matter anyway, because I'm feeling a lot more cheerful than I had been, so... What's a couple little marks that's going to fade in a few hours or a couple days? Okay, well, I was wondering about that, and you just beat me to saying something, so... I, um... I've been feeling a lot less depressed, too, although I don't know if it's the exercise or the company. He gives her that little open, vulnerable, cute look that he does. <sighs> she smiles. She doesn't take the bait, if there is any, but she isn't invulnerable to how cute it is either. There's a relatively long pause. They look at each other. She glances down again, glances back up at him immediately. Well, I'm liking the company myself. Recently, my friends have all been real busy or something. Life just happened to all of us, I guess. So I've been spending a lot of time alone, not getting out too much either. That's never good for a person. She glances at him out of consideration, like they share something. Which, well, I'm figuring you would know. <sighs> yeah. I know something about spending a lot of time away from people you care about. Um, not having a lot of friends and not getting out much. And you're right, it does. It fucks with your head. She's looking at him warmly. Speaking of trust-building exercises, she wants to know, how did you handle it in there? <sighs> Not well, probably. Uh, I mean, he looks at his unlit cigarette, still isn't moved enough to light it. Uh, you know, I was pretty against the idea of antidepressants in prison because I don't think there's anything wrong with me. He looks at her. She doesn't look like she wants to argue that. But they put me on him anyway. And then I considered the perspective that being in prison will make a motherfucker feel pretty depressed. So if you do need a drug to get you through it, then you should do what you need to do. And I don't know if it was the drugs or just my sheer will to live or the fact that I got lucky and nothing actually killed me. But it's his turn to shrug. Certainly, I was not the only one in there taking drugs, either. <laughs> prescription or half-prescription. <laughs> mm, I don't know too much about it, but I've heard some stories. Yeah. I never exactly loved the fucking Prozac, but it was sure better than fucking toilet wine. Or, God forbid, smoking goddamn crank. 
Especially since it got in there in the first place up some other guy's ass. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, is that where the term ass crank comes from? <laughs> I don't know. I have to look that up. And I don't know where you go about finding that information. You think it's in the encyclopedia or something? <laughs> yeah, let's look up ass crank in the Merriam-Webster. What's the uh, encyclopedia called? Britannica? Yeah, <laughs> one of them. <sighs> you think Cole knows a linguistics professor? I bet they'd know. <laughs> That's actually a genius idea. I bet you're right, and I'm sure that he does. So you remind me to ask him later when he shows up. Hey, man, you know somebody is going to know where we get the phrase ass crank. I'm sure he'll be delighted, as usual. <laughs> I think he'd just be sad he wouldn't hear when we were talking about it. Yeah, I bet you're not too far off there. Caroline has already finished her cigarette, stubbed it out in the ashtray. Jimmy notices, gestures with his. You want I should light this one, too, and we could split it. <laughs> Well, only if you want it. <sighs> he looks at it. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't even think I want it. Do you want it? No, I'm good. Thank you. I mean, I didn't even really want the whole one that I just smoked, but once you're in it, you know. <sighs> yeah, all right. So he puts the unsmoked cigarette on the table next to the ashtray. You know, if one of us gets it later, I guess we get it. It works for me. She's thinking a bit more. She decides to go on. Yeah. Um. I never really loved taking Prozac myself. Didn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah? You yeah, me neither, I think. I don't know how much it did or didn't do for me. Other than the fact that I lived. Well, that's good. Yeah, I guess. Depending on who you ask. <laughs> well, if you ask me. Okay, well, thank you. And yeah, for the sake of this conversation, we're going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know what is placebo effect and all that stuff but um yeah certainly they tried a couple on me in my life and none of them you know none of them fixed me <laughs> so she lowers her voice a little bit glances around them but it's a little playfully that's why I just stick with the weed <laughs> yeah that does more for me than about anything else, too. I used to kind of like uppers, but those have a kind of specific certain application, and it's not really relevant to my life right now. <sighs> yeah, I find that it just makes me anxious at high speed. Yes! I think if I dabbled in that shit right now, it would just make me want to kill myself a lot faster. And a lot harder. Uh, a lot stronger. 
Caroline's face just radiating pure compassion. Although she understands that he's making a joke, he's not discussing active suicide plans with her. Yeah, we don't want that. Jimmy decides not to make whatever kind of humorful, self-deprecating, but also totally 100% sincere commentary that he can make about philosophically whether or not it would be a good idea for him to end his life and how he would feel knowing that it would leave some kind of aftermath for other people and there would be fallout, even though not necessarily for him. So he just looks at her. He's leaned forward, put his elbows on his knees. His hands are clasped in between them. So, other than smoking weed, getting semi-regular exercise, what's your strategy for dealing with it? The weight of existence or ennui or whatever. Oh, Caroline thinks about it a minute. She's sitting back with her knees crossed. Bounces one of her feet a little bit, just lightly and casually. Well, how I deal with it is like every day I try to figure out what's going on good. Try to figure out what of my problems I can work on and other stuff that I need to do in order to prevent having a problem in the first place. And then every time I can get it together, I kind of congratulate myself a little bit. <laughs> I guess that sounds silly. No, it doesn't sound silly at all. I like that. Okay. Well, and then sometimes I like to just do something nice to celebrate the fact I'm still living. Jimmy regards her with appreciation for that one. Yeah, I like the sound of that. Nothing too major. I mean, I don't got a lot of money. But I don't really need much either, so that's why I go buy myself some coffee or the beignet or I just take a walk in the city park, go to the art museum. Yeah, you know what? It's the small things. There's something to be said for appreciating the small things. The art museum ain't too small either. No? Have you ever been? No, I don't really think I have. Just the one right over there, right? Yeah. You want we should go? It ain't too expensive. We can celebrate being alive. So, Jimmy Dean Keen finds himself in front of some artwork that is resonating with his eyes in a totally different way. He's looking at pictures of birds interpreted in a manner he had never seen before, and he finds them very compelling. He's looking at one of a heron, or whatever bird it is with a blue head, and a long beak, and a long skinny legs. And he's just really appreciating that one. Stand there looking at it. Got his index finger resting on his chin, even. Huh. Caroline comes up alongside him, and she is delighted that he's noticed these. You like that one? Yeah. Look at the colors. It's like a weird light that you see right before there's a storm. You know, it's funny you say that because... Okay. Do you want to know all about it? Yeah, yeah, hit me. 
You're uh, you're like my guide here. All right. So this artist's name is Walter Inglis Anderson, and he was a real eccentric and stuff. So back in his time, he loved painting local birds and such. So he wanted to go out and see them and everything. So he'd go out out there and do that like a regular John Audubon. And he also liked to capture different situations and put himself through different experiences as a way to like expand in his mind. So, for example, he decided he wanted to paint a hurricane. So he went out there and he tied himself to a tree in the bayou. Jimmy's looking at her. She's punctuated this conversation with a couple subtle hand gestures. And she's ended it holding all five of her fingertips out at him at once. Damn. I know, right? Uh, I'm taking it that he made it. Yes, he did. He lived through all that and then he came back and he paints shit like that. Fuck. What? Oh, he looks around himself, but nobody. <laughs> if anyone heard them, they didn't notice. They're not going to bother him about it. Oh, wow. That makes sense. That's pretty intense, right? He was just all about extremes of experience. And that makes sense. She lowers her voice, too, because it's pretty likely he was bipolar or something like that. And, of course, if you ask his family, he went, right, right, right. To your family, you never are. Well, except when you are. And, I don't know, it's another conversation, I guess. But, yeah, look at that. I love it. Where can I get one? <laughs> well, actually, speaking of his family, they got it all, of course, after he died. And there's a lot of it, Jimmy. Like, a lot of eccentric artists like that, he just, that's all he did. And so there's so much of it. And they all got it just mostly, like, in a box and shit. Sometimes they sell pieces of it off to get more money. So, technically, you want a bit, there might be a way. You're kidding me. Hmm. Maybe I shouldn't get into fine art dealing. <laughs> I don't know. You could be perfect for it. Oh. No, I know a little bit too much about that. <laughs> but I'm tempted. Right now looking at that. Shit. Huh. Alright. All right. If I forget that name, I'm going to ask you. Yes, please do. I'll remember. Trust me. Alright. Wow. So they do move on eventually after he's lingered for a bit. And he's still thinking about it later. They're outside in City Park. They're out morning call getting Cafe Ole and Beignet. They're sitting at the bayou watching the ducks. And there's like a gator out there. Pelicans. Kind of other birds and local fauna. Flora. Jimmy's staring at a pelican. He shakes his head, break the trance, but then he's like, nah, you know what other kind of images are trapped in my head? I'm going to look at that a little bit longer. Shit. Caroline is also in a pleasant little trance. She snaps out of it and turns to look at him. Jimmy, you okay? Yeah. Great. Look at that bird. They're amazing. They're my favorite. Yeah. Yep. 
for a minute they went away. Really? Yeah, every once in a while they come and go. Like, you don't see a pelican for a minute. And then they're back. And I love that. <sighs> I love that too. I didn't even know that about them. I'm trying to think if there's a time that I can recall not seeing them. But I, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. Maybe. It's okay, though. They're still here. Let me wait for you. <sighs> Jimmy slides his eyes over to look at Caroline. She's looking back at him and smiling. They both turn to look back at the bird. It's just sitting there. It regards them with one of its great big eyes, but is aware that they're just kind of part of the scenery, so it goes back to chilling. More concerned with any fish activity that might be going on in the bayou. Yeah, I can see why um, that guy, um, no, I got it, Walter Anderson, yes, tied himself to a tree in a hurricane for this shit, because it's amazing, <laughs> right? Well, it's fortunate that we don't got to do that all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, if those are the only conditions, I don't know, no, it would still be worth it, because look at that, you don't get that everywhere, correct. I think most places do have something unique about them that you can enjoy, but if you want what we got, exactly how we got it, you pretty much can only be here. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, somebody ought to pay you for these. <laughs> what? Some of these little things you say. It's cute. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. He's still just sitting there staring at this bird. Shaking himself a little bit. But what are you doing later? Oh, I mean, what do you want to do? Oh, uh, you're not done hanging out with me? No, not unless you're done. No, I could keep going. Uh, alright, yeah, what are we doing later? Hmm. Are you hungry? Mm. Oh, yeah, it could be, but... Okay. I guess we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think we will. <laughs>